Nobody beats me in the kitchen. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel. This is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels and we do it in two parts. First, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed last week's interview with, I still can't believe, I pinched myself thinking, we interviewed three legendary bad guys. And in the interview, Patrick said it was between him, Vernon Wells, and Brian Thompson, up for like every role they all auditioned for. So that's pretty amazing. And Brian was supposed to be in this week's sequel, Under Siege 2. And of course, I was talking about Patrick Kilpatrick, talking about just a, a story about his way through Hollywood. He did it his way, and he even has a book, Dying for a Living, Volume 1, Upbringing. It's cool behind-the-scenes stories about people that he worked with in his career. I'll put the link in the notes so you guys can check that out. But uh, I'm so happy. Finally, a Seagal movie, one of our rare opportunities. But before I talk about this weird setting for a movie, a train, I have to introduce you to my partner in this sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Doug. How are you doing? I'm just really happy. I love Seagal. Like, it's one of those guys. I think out of all those action stars, there's so many that have great movies. But I think what's great about Seagal, he had like that six film run that I could watch in a row all the time because they're that. To me, they're that good. They are, you know, um, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he ruled the cinema, you know, when, like you said, like there's like a six film run that he was just, there was no one better. But I know I saw this movie so many times. This is the first time I've seen it in a long time. It's not the way I remember. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, it's really, yeah, we'll have to get into it, but it's definitely, definitely way different than I remember it to be. Yes. And we brought back the perfect person when it comes to kick-ass action movies, there's only one that we, one man we can call. We call them when Charles Bronson and his old people friends took out an entire not Warriors gang in Death Wish Three, and then he helped us talk about Eric Roberts in Best of the Best Part Two, fighting an underground, you know, fighting ran by Wayne Newton, Andrew Powers. Andrew, what's up, dude? It is great to have you back for this movie. I was thinking about all the like the action movies that we have on deck, and me and Jamie agreed like Seagal, without a doubt. This, this, I mean, I don't think we could do this review without Andrew. I mean, uh, you know, this this has your name written all over it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I love it. So, Andrew, is this your first foray into Under Siege Two? This has. I have never seen Under Siege 2 Dark Territory before. Uh, Under Siege 1, yes. Under Siege 2, never. So it was a great experience. Did you know there was an Under Siege 2? No, no. I didn't own a... Uh, I think this was direct to, to VHS, right? No, this, this is the theater. Uh, not, this, and this is, yeah, this it was definitely huge, was. huge totally. budget. Totally. $60 million, and it brought in 100 So it was good enough to like make another one but at this point this is after this movie is when he went into his movies about like the environment like fighting against oil people that were taking oil in alaska in uh i forget the name of that fire down below not fire yeah, down below, i think i think I, I, when i when i watched fire down below it was the last time i watched a cigar movie that was the michael kane one I, I don't i don't i, I might have thrown it off i rewatched it i rewatched <laughs> it it's it, it came into his part of his career that like when we, because we, you know, we've interviewed so many people that worked with him 
both on screen and behind the screen. And that was when he started saying, eh, I'm not going to do the stunts anymore with the cutaways and stuff. But, uh, well, he's known as Mr. Hollywood, right? I mean, everybody loves him. <laughs> he is lots of friends, lots of friends, but I love his movies. I would not not watch his movies, but, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. And again, like you said, remembering this movie, the beginning of this movie almost made me, I remember what the premise was about a satellite, but when you see like a spaceship, like a space shuttle going in space, I'm like, what, where are we? I thought it was in the wrong movie. I so did I, so did I, because I had it, I downloaded it and I'm like, I'm like, is this the right movie? I mean, I saw his name attached. So I'm like, all right, it's gotta be, but like, is this a movie, like a, a DVD movie that wasn't in a theater? Like what, am I watching the wrong movie? Cause it was a long time. Like the space, like it looked so not a Seagal movie. Like it yeah. really, like I didn't remember it at all. And like, I was very confused. It made me feel very American. I'll tell you that <laughs> with the music and the rocket and everything. I just felt very American. I, you know, I wrote, I wrote that down. I'm like, it was very patriotic with the music. Um, and it was very dramatic, you know, before we meet him. Before we see Casey Ryback, but I love like this era of movies, the way they saw the way computers look to everyone is like the, the silliest thing. The fact that it's like, I wrote down, it reminded me of a bad laser disc you know, science video on satellites that they would show wheel the card in during like elementary school. It just looked, I don't know for a $60 million budget. I don't know where it was spent, but it was not on the technology parts of the movie that we saw. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm talking to you through the MS DOS command prompt right now. <laughs> that, that's what it, it looked like, like um, what, Oregon trail or like, you know, it looked oh, like yeah. those kind of like video like computer games, computer games. That's what the computer screen looked like. Yeah. Oh, dude. And then how about the fact that the first person we really see in the movie is Red Foreman? I shouldn't know his oh, real name because he's in oh, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. When Red Foreman went, went through that doorway, I could have sworn he was going to put his foot up someone's ass. <laughs> I could have sworn. And he, when he didn't, I was so disappointed. How about the fact that he was walking with two other people and only the scanner touched his body? Like, I don't know if they have that technology now, but just the fact that it was like this scanner that went from his head to his toes and then the door opened up for everyone. So, well, I mean, you know, NASA, NASA people are supposed to be the smartest people out there. Oh. And this, this NASA branch, I guess, or this NASA. It's Aflac. <laughs> They're a bunch of idiots. Yeah, but it's, but it's, but I think they're NASA, like, it's like a take on NASA. You know, I mean, uh, they're, they're they're dumb like they're they're clueless throughout the whole movie uh i just I, I don't know they didn't seem like the right nasa people it was like the crew in armageddon it was like a ragtag bunch they threw <laughs> together which the one guy i don't know his name but i think you know who i'm talking about because the first time we see him test the satellite he thinks hey not like hey let's zoom in on maybe a baseball stadium let's zoom oh. in on an aquarium no let's zoom in on a naked girl tanning and then the, her boobs. We saw boobs in the first five minutes. So that's what hooks me. I, I'll have to tell you when. Yeah, I, but okay. But as professionals, one, I'm assuming it's illegal using that for that purpose. And two, you had a female worker there. That's sexual harassment, like right in front of her. I mean, what? Blatant. And even look like even the generals were looking like they were like you know like some of them like uh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, you you compared it to Armageddon. I would compare it more to Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, just the fact that the first thing they thought of, I wonder if they did this movie, they're like, hey man, we got to get boobs in this movie. And they couldn't throw it in. For some reason, maybe they forgot a boob scene. They're like, throw it in right here. It was like the first five minutes too. It was, I know. Like, it was and and really, really, un, I mean, like I always say, it's necessary, but totally unnecessary. You know, yes. like from, for movie purposes, it's totally unnecessary. Like the scene meant nothing to the film at all. And what was Red's reaction? Like he was like, this is terrible. Like now we know that their their satellite can can dig in this this close. Like it was like a perfect Red Foreman response. Like he totally ignored the tits on the screen. He was just like, oh my God, the technology is so great. And then we have like the two captains who are responsible, and then they kind of talk about you know, the, the guy that the, the main villain later uh, just a little bit. But how about the other guy who seems like Red's like maybe it's like Red, the other guy that was what, the chain smoker, the guy that's smoking the whole yes. time. The guy who kind of looked like Harvey Firestein's brother. Speaker, right? Breaker. Tom Tom Breaker. A walking HR nightmare. Oh, he is. I mean, you know, but he's literally smoking a cigarette like nonstop throughout the whole movie. <laughs> and he goes, want to grab a drink and check out the air show? Wow, what a great pickup line, bud. <laughs> now, was that the woman in Loaded Weapon? Yeah. Oh, no, not Loaded Weapon. Hot shots part two. Hot shots. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hot shots. A ton of stuff. Yeah. You know, I I don't. I mean, her face is so recognizable. I just totally forgot. And I was thinking the spoof movie. So yeah, you're right. Hot shots. Yeah. <laughs> Brenda Brenda Backey. I think that was her name, right? Brenda. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, she is. She still looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I thought I was doing research on the movie, and so she did what? stand up for herself. We'll have to say that. So that she did that initial initial uh, presentation with with Breaker. She did stand up with for herself, so she she denied the advance. Uh, that was great, uh, and a great HR video. <laughs> that wasn't great. That'd been a great HR video, and then I know where you see Seagal pop up with like a remote, <laughs> like Zach Morris, and he's like, "Hey, so what this creep do wrong?" Okay, play. <laughs> Just like what? And then how about the fact that the first time we see Seagal? Okay, so people have seen Under Siege. Okay, they get the whole thing. He was a cook, all right? And they kind of downplayed that in the first one, really. It was just more of the fact like, oh, my God, this guy was labeled as a cook, but he's really like this big-time bat, the Navy, Navy SEAL. This time, we we hear some really, like, pumped-up, like, music, exciting, and then we find out he owns a restaurant. He drives like shit, too. I think we that we no, really did. That was a that. didn't he have a driver or was he driving the other? Oh, guy? it looked it looked like he had a driver. It looked like he came out of the back seat. Oh, that dude drives like shit because they were like <laughs> wobbling and weaving all through that alleyway. Could that could that entrance been any more dramatic though? Like like it was almost like he was waiting for an applause when he yeah. went out of the car. And his buddy, I guess his head chef looked like Chef Boyardee. If Chef Boyardee <laughs> was a person. And just his whole part throughout the whole movie was funny because even this, he's like, hey, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. It's like, was this the first time that you guys talk like since then? And then he goes, man, I really love to have you in the restaurant. And then the fact that the whole premise of this movie is that in order to get California, he owns his restaurant. Seems like he probably has a lot of money. He has a driver. Why is he taking a train? It's the worst experience. Riding a train. I took a train to Indiana, like fourth grade to visit my mom's friend. Worst summer ever. Yeah, but this is no ordinary train. And, you know, I'll discuss it further when we get to the train. But, yeah, it's no ordinary train. And then we have the forever annoying Catherine Heigl. 
You know, I I thought she was more annoying before I saw the movie. She wasn't as bad as I thought. And I think I was thinking more of the daughter from Face Off or like Last Boy Scout. Like those yeah. daughters were like, like really like, except for the first, you know, scene that she meets with Seagal, she wasn't that as, as annoying as I thought she was going to be. She just had a oh, lot no. of teen angst, right? Like that's yeah, what it seemed like. I think the porter was way more annoying than she was. Mm. <laughs> I like, I like him. He's a good actor. I well, like, I like him in a lot of different things. Not this. Not t- teenage angst, man. He's you know, just like uh, Julie and ne- the next karate kid. Same kind of thing. And the fact that it seemed like she had a pretty good relationship with her uncle, the fact that they were in Colorado, right? It seemed like his restaurant was in Colorado. She was in Colorado and the fact that he couldn't recognize his I, I was going to say all right okay so she it's 5 years right they haven't seen each other in 5 years yeah that's not so that so long. she looks like she's probably about 18 years old you know i mean she's, she's an older she's 16 and we'll get into the creepiness of other people towards her later okay well I, but she's she's 16 in real life or 16 in the movie 16 in the movie okay she she looks like she's older than 16 you know yeah. with that but my, my point is like in 5 years she's going to be that unrecognizable that he's like not sure what she looks like i know I mean, Ed, why hasn't he seen her in five years? The restaurant. It's busy. <laughs> I mean, they obviously live close enough that they can meet at the train station. <laughs> sure. So, you know. <laughs> it was a little weird, though. Like, he's walking through the train station, checking all, all the women. And he's like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. That was really that was really creepy. Well, he, he no, he was checking the women because he, he didn't know. He was looking to see if. They were her, her, his niece, but but, he, but yeah. he never asked any of them. Like right, he wasn't like, "Hey, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah." <laughs> like he just like, like I guess he figured like if he saw her, he would know who it was. But he never, but he didn't ask anybody. Well, you know, I don't think that I don't think he would because when she went up to him and said, "Uncle Ryba or whatever is you know what she said, he almost looked surprised. Like you know, so yeah, so I'm not sure he would recognize her anyway. He, he should have just stood there and maybe like checked his watch and she would come up. But the fact that, like Andrew said, he was just staring at young girls <laughs> without saying anything. No words at all. Just looking. Well, let me let me. I mean, if you're meeting someone, especially you haven't seen in a long time, wouldn't you have a meeting place? <laughs> Did they just say, like, let's meet at the train station? There's like no, I mean, obviously there's gonna be a lot of people there. You haven't seen each other. Like, wouldn't it be like, you know, meet me at the booth, meet me at, you know, the wrist restaurant. No, just meet me there and we'll figure it out from there. That is true. <laughs> He's not a good planner. Great chef. One of the best chefs, but not a great planner. So, so then we see a very familiar bad guy. The guy, again, you know, it's crazy when you look at the credits of this movie. If you guys looked at it, how many guys are listed as just mercenaries? And yeah. these are like big time oh. bad guys. Oh no! Who's who of b- villains in this movie? There's a lot of wait. Yeah. Oh, who was it? Wait, wait, wait. It was uh, what's Peter name? Green who plays the villain? Peter in the mask. Green. So Pulp we go from the mask to Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. and then to Mercenary One. Like, like really? I call him not Eric Roberts. He he kind of looks like Eric Roberts. The poor man's poor Eric man. Roberts. Eric Roberts, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Peter Green, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Well, well, I'm sorry. Well. Why? You call him the poor man Eric Roberts. But why apologize to Eric Roberts? He's the alter ego of Eric Roberts. The (laughs) evil version of Eric Roberts. Wait, the the diesel version? Diesel, yes. You know, this guy that was in Pulp Fiction a lot, he has that face that I don't think he could ever play a good guy. 
He just has that. He has that creep factor. Again, I apologize if he's listening, but he has a creep factor face. <laughs> and then we see the two captains from earlier in the movie. They're meeting together. Man, whew, she is smoke show. So how long was this? train going before they got involved with each other because i feel like the, the train basically just took off and we're, we're talking about the one from uh hot shots right yeah 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 okay so the train I, I don't think the train was going that long where their like love making day sessions that's gonna be all day long was like in fact like they didn't waste any time would you waste any time <laughs> all right i guess <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least like let the train go a little bit. You know, like I feel like it was just like barely leaving the station. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Hey, she did make him wait. She made him yeah. wait five seconds, right? Well, they, they were doing a quick role play. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> train barely leaves the station and he enters the station. So then we get, again, if you really look at the, out of any movie, like, Besides, like, The Expendables that has, like, a ton of big-name villains in it, as well as, you know, the good guys. This movie, you look up and down in the bad guys, it is, like, unreal. It's really to the point that there are the no-name guys that you really don't know at all. But there's so many great bad guys. And, like, these are bad guys that could be the main villain in any oh, other hell movie. yeah. Hell yeah. It is, it is Mike Pence, right? The, uh... <laughs> The guy with Everett the white McGill. Hair. Yeah. I was trying to think of who he looked like. <laughs> I I thought that was Mike Pence. I really thought this was what he did before he, he ran for. Well, his name is Marcus Penn in the movie. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so you have him as the back great villain people under the stairs. He was in Twin Peaks like rare on this time. Chariots of Fire. I think he was in Chariots of Fire. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then this, and then so you get them break into the Colorado airbase, which there's really no one around. It seems like it's a very important place. All right, yeah, we have to we have to talk about this scene right here because this is yeah. this is a military base that it seemed like way too easy to get in there. It was only two guys that took on the military base, and they knew the code to get in. They, like, they, yeah, they, they knew the code, and then it's funny when you watch the video. There's no gate. Like when they when they open the door of uh, the gate, if you look down, the rest of the fence is not there anymore. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love those mess ups. <laughs> but it was only two guys that took on a military. How good are these military guys? They're terrible. Why are don't any of them have guns? I know. Why do they walk Isn't out? Like the National Guard is does National Guard typically have guns? I don't know. Yeah, but they they weren't National Guard, were they? What is, I could have sworn it said like something so on the signpost i could have sworn it said something guard i think it said like maybe national base maybe but i don't know maybe it was a national guard but i think they still have guns it said search and recovery on it i, I remember that it said search and recovery I, so i assumed it was national guard but like <laughs> all the way back all the way inland that doesn't make sense but yeah but but i i will um, whether national guard can hold a gun or not i'd be willing to bet if you're going to a base you're going to have weapons yeah. You know, like you're going to have, you're going to definitely have guards there. You're going to have some kind of weapons. You know, again, why have the lock gate? You know, you're going to have some kind of guards. And it was way too easy for the two guys just to walk in there with nothing. I know. I know. 
and they just lit those guys up. The two guys walked out. They're like, oh, what are you doing here? Within seconds, they get shut up. Even the guy, whenever McGrill walks in and the guy's just sitting there, he's like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> he's like, just you're like, what? And then he has to use the machine gun to blow up the the what do you the radio, I guess, or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, he just yeah, yeah, he just blows up all that. Yeah. Poor radio didn't do a single thing. It wasn't even fucking it wasn't even telegramming anybody. It was uh, why they have to break a perfectly good radio, right? Really? Especially in nineteen ninety five. That was probably worth like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> That little boombox radio thing. Ugh. That that goes into the budget. That goes sixty million dollar budget. That's why they didn't have any guns. They spent all the money on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, so uh, Stephen, we're gonna put a fake one. We're just gonna draw it, paint it, make it look real. No, I want a real one. But no, no, it's only gonna get blown up. Put a real one in there, okay? Well, well Stephen, that means we're gonna have to get rid of the fence and just have a gate, a gate there, and, then, <laughs> and not use any weapons here. That's fine. So then again, then we get so Bobby Morris Chestnut. I know you say you don't like him, but one of he's one of the great, one of the best movies ever. I would think Boys in the Hood, Ricky, mm. and he's in a he's had a ton of like sitcoms he's been on over the years. And in this movie, I know he's a little a little over the top. A little? Was, no, I know, I know. <laughs> the first time we see him, he's hitting on Catherine Heigl. Now, how how old do you think? Um, he's supposed to be Bobby. He, what he's supposed to be is probably he's supposed to be eighteen, but he looks like he's twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? No, I I don't know exactly what. Oh. His age is. <laughs> no, no, I was trying to think of what he could be because I I don't know if an eighteen year old would have a job on it. I don't know how old you have to be, but the fact that he's sitting on this girl who clearly looks a little young within like seconds. What, what the second she stepped on there, you know, and like nothing, like, pretty ballsy because she came on with Seagal. You know, like, like he didn't know if that's her father or anything. Like, I mean, like that was pretty like aggressive. Yeah, I think she was separated from Seagal at that point, right? Like, she was, she was. No, she that was, was later on. Head. Oh, wait. well, Cause no, it, cause Seagal grabbed the bag later on. As she get, I think as she, when she almost got to her seat, Seagal grabbed the bag out of his hand. So I think he, I, I don't know. I, well, I think they walked on together, but then she walked ahead. That's when Bobby sort of went to grab her and she flipped him. <laughs> he flew so far. Is is that move a real move? <laughs> like, can you really throw someone by just, just going like this? Like, really, she, all she did was go like this and he went flying. And he's a big guy, you know, he's, you know, like, so, yeah. Well, the other question is, is it against the law to assault a train employee? <laughs> oh, it is. That's a federal Cause, offense. Because she, she, I mean, she, she literally said, grab me. And then she proceeded to beat his ass. Well, considering that NASA is looking at naked women on a beach, I don't. I think laws are kind of lenient in the area they're in. That damn Affleck. I I don't know. I don't know what those guys are doing. <laughs> so here's the here's the part again. So Seagal is supposed to be like the greatest chef, right? One of the best. I, I I'm gonna have to add the clip, maybe right here. But I'll, I'll I'll paint the picture for you. He, within seconds of being on this train, he's in the the chef's quarters. He's in the kitchen, and he's stirring a bat batter. Bobby's there looking at him, and he's stirring it. 
And then I swear, I'm not kidding. That was not an oven. He put it in the microwave. He did. And he put he put it on 15 minutes. And then he said, it's in God's hands. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, he's just a regular passenger on his train, correct? <laughs> yes. No so how does he have him. access to go to the kitchen? Exactly. In the first place. <laughs> Unless they unless they cut out a part when somebody was like, oh, it's Casey from Casey's restaurant or some BS, something. But it made no sense to cut to all these chefs watching him stir the batter. And when he because a microwave doesn't like an oven doesn't go up high. Like he reached up and he goes in 15, 15 minutes. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and right before that, remember, he told the he told uh, Bobby that the was it the bourbon? I think the bourbon was for the cake, and then he proceeds yeah. to make the cake and, and he sticks it in the microwave. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, he, he's doing a lot of work though on for a regular trip though because he bought he bought a ticket like everybody else at the teller. So it's not like you know he got a special ticket or that you know they were expecting him like he he paid like everybody else. So that still doesn't make sense. That why is he doing all this work? And what's the cake you, for? You, you just open up Pandora's box. If there is a cake option on NJ Transit, I'm gonna start paying for that. If there's like an extra five bucks and I can like use an easy bake oven in the conductor's room or something. Oh, it might be a urinal cake, bro. I don't know if I would do that on New Jersey. Well, you know what? There's a lot of scenes in the bathroom, so I mean, uh, it could be. You're right. Although I did like the cake in the first movie better than this one. Oh, agreed. <laughs> but the but the whole thing behind that that Troy Evans told me really creepy. That he was like, yeah, I'm going to have my buddies come watch this scene. Weird. But, okay. So then we get, talking about, like, again, I, I, I would say these guys are, like, legendary bad guys. A lot of these guys. So the guy from Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. yep. And he's in uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, dude. Yeah. And, that, like, a ton of movies. There's, like, yep. another, like, six, seven-year run. He is a villain in so many Every movies. Every movie. Yep. Absolutely. And he's in this movie. And... He is just a regular henchman. I think his name's Henchman One. And I think he has like a name next to it because they call him a name one time. But the I, fact I, that they, I was yeah. gonna say, I I wonder if Seagal had something to do with that that he didn't want these names out like you know, like give them like any kind of like real like names or like Henchman Number One to make downplay that fact that listen, I'm Seagal. I'm the only one that's really important in this movie. You know, I don't want you guys to be recognized whatsoever. Was it the was it the Rick Rude guy? He's a plane. He was he was in the front of the train. Oh no, no, Rick Rude was later. Oh, the guy with the mustache and the Jerry curl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's weird that usually when there's henchman one or man one or kid one, they usually don't have a like maybe they have one line. Yeah. All these people have like a lot of lines, and the fact that they use a helicopter to stop the train. And I love his line and the way he always delivers it, just like in Beverly Hills Cop. He's like, the conductor's like, what's wrong? He's like, someone's been shot. And he, and he looks around and then he shoots him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and he puts his hat on. He even puts the conductor's hat on. Well, that's that's my that's my point. Like for like a no-name character that you know in the movie. And they have so they have big parts. I mean, they're they're, they're fighting with Seagal. They're you know like they're getting sh- like I bet you Seagal had some kind of say that he didn't want to give them any kind of recognition, and you know because it's his movie. Because yeah. he's also the I think he's also the producer in the movie. He yeah. was. This is like I think he did it for a while. Like once he got big, he, I think he even produced maybe Out for Justice or Hard to Kill. I watched right from that once that first movie did great. 
he's like i'm gonna get as much as i can which hey why not smart guy right <laughs> so then from there we get one of the henchmen they go on there some some like random girls crying when when they take over the train and he says shut that bitch up or i will yes and then i'm like that was Rick wow. Rude. that was oh no, that's the ricky rude guy <laughs> Oh man, I, I, that was really weird too, right? Like that, it just seemed totally unnecessary. Even for a terrorist, it seemed unnecessary. Wait, you're you're saying that he should, a terrorist that's you know stopping a train and having guns on these you know innocent people and shooting innocent people, they should have had a little bit more compassion. Total, a oh. little a little higher standards, especially for Rick Root. I mean, they should have had a better HR training video for henchmen. <laughs> what should he is? What should he have done in that situation? Be a little nicer. That would have been the Patrick Swayze version of that. <laughs> but, uh, so again, the whole premise of this movie is they want to get the, which we'll get into a second, but they chose these two captains are going on this train that goes through a dark territory, which we'll, we'll get into that. You could have thought of something a little bit better of that part of it. But the fact that, they go on there just to take that over and they don't like maybe scrub the manifest to make sure there's not like some like legendary military guys on there. Well, again, the, the, they work for the same Affleck, you know, as the other ones and very incompetent. I mean, considering the code seems pretty simple. Like it was like five numbers, <laughs> you know, like it really wasn't like, you know, like a face, like a, a thumbprint or something. Like it was a very simple way to give, you know, like, so the most important code you possibly can have, and you have a five-digit code. And there was yeah. no special characters either, or uppercase or lowercase. It was just <laughs> or a symbol. I mean, you, you know, at least oh. throw a symbol in there. <laughs> and the at sign, they're like, oh shit, I should have known that. <laughs> so then we get we see oh. Patrick kill Patrick for the first time. And then we see one of the one bad guy. Seagal, I must say, in this movie. Because I think where his stature was in the movie, no matter what was going to do good, he makes pretty much quick kills of a lot of guys. There's a lot of like really quick ones. He was OP throughout the whole movie. He was OP. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) Well, I do think um, one of the henchmen deserved a better ending. Oh, no, I know. We'll get to that. No, I know. That was pretty ridiculous. But yeah, so all the chefs, (laughs) all of them, Every single one gets killed. What a way to go. They just learned the greatest microwavable bourbon cake <laughs> recipe. Yeah, but they, they died doing what they love in the place they love, the kitchen. But just, uh, just made no sense that they're like, yeah, hey, let's storm this part of it. They shoot them all up. And then Seagal makes quick work of one, one of the guys. And do they like, okay. So for, for henchmen and villains, do, did they check the entire train? Because I feel like they didn't. I feel like they no. went to like I feel like they went to two like two cars and that's it. Yeah, if you think about it, the the guy from Beverly Hills Cop, he was in the conductor, he was in the front of the train. Yep. But really, from the back of the train, it seemed like the the only train cars that we saw were like the sleeping car that the two captains were in, like the dining car where the bar car was, uh, the kitchen, the bathroom. And the bathroom and the luggage because the luggage was all the way in the back. And I think his name's Jonathan Banks, the guy from Beverly Hills cop all the way in the front. 
There was a lot unaccounted. There's a lot more cars, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Seagal does a lot of running on top of them all. So yeah. you, would th- you would think, again, why wouldn't they check all the cars? And it, then the question is, how come that you have this train going, leaving a station? Why are they only filled in two cars? Like, what are the other – like, are they not – like, where's – all the other cars are empty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't understand why they killed the chefs. It's not like those chefs were doing anything. But those are the only people they like killed willy nilly, unless they like and for some reason they shot knew. from outside, didn't they? Like they, I yeah. think they were outside the car. This was before the train was even moving. They were they just shot up the whole yeah. dining hall. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know what what they thought. Maybe some one of them knew. Like, hey, uh, Casey Ryback's a chef. Maybe he's there. I have no idea. But that just made. Uh. So then we get the bad guys come. They kidnap the two captains. And when they when they get into the main train car that we see, like the the villain's lair, I'm gonna call it. Uh, it looks like a full Radio Shack setup. The all the stuff there was just whatever they found in some prop set for maybe like War Games. They went to War Games. They took all the computer props. They also had a green screen there. <laughs> they oh, had a ba- they, yeah for the for Paris. There was it was in the background. They actually yeah, had yeah. a green screen behind them. <laughs> like they didn't even try to hide like when i when you first see it you're like all right he must have done something with the, the computer but no when they when they when they go back to the cart there's a literally the, the green screen standing up behind them i know dane cook was doing zoom like 30 years before it was even invented <laughs> and I, I gotta tell you right now the main the, the computer hacker guy i couldn't stand him he was annoying yeah when he first popped up on the screen, I totally thought he was Tim Curry. I I could have sworn I was like, "Oh my god, Tim Curry's in this! This is an amazing role for him." Oh, then and it would have been a better it would have been a better role. But this guy was like just he was playing the crazy too much, mm. like you know talking to himself constantly and doing Twilight Zone references and just oh the Twilight Zone and oh that was so weird. to another dimension a dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, dark territory. He would just, I, I don't know. I just feel like he was just too over the top, you know? And we never, we didn't, we didn't hear anything about him or seen him in the movie, right? No, so, they talked about him a little bit earlier in the hallway because they were talking about him because he was a big part of that satellite system. Okay. See, I, I think I missed that then. They found his car in the lake. But they kept, they kept referencing that they thought he was dead. Like yeah. the audiences, though, for the most part, I mean, it's something that easily could have been missed. Yeah, like, yeah. It, no, they, it was just a throne. His name's Travis Dane. You know who he looked like? Whose kid he could have been? Elliot Gold. Yes. He had like this yes. weird Elliot Gold look yes. to him. Yes. And again, like like you said, like his quirkiness was just a little, yeah, just a little too much. But the way they got the people to get give the codes up got pretty. They went zero to sixty in no time. Well, you know, oh. it, it it cracked me up because. You know, first they, they go to the girl and, you know, and then she gives the code. Then they go to the guy. Oh, or is it before the guy? And he goes, I'm not giving you any codes. I'm not going to give yeah. you anything. Within seconds, he gives the code out because he sees the, the was it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. He gave yeah. it up when it was close With, to her. Not yes. even close to her. Right, yet. right. Within yeah. seconds, he gave it up. So, yeah. She she held out. She did. have like very 30 close. minutes. Like thirty minutes. Holy smokes! Is you know, I I part of me thought that she was in on it. Like I thought she was part of like the and she was basically messing with him and like pretending. I thought she was in on it. Well, that changed pretty quick. 
<laughs> if they boosted the budget to 101, we could have seen an exploding eyeball. Really. <laughs> I was I was really waiting for that. Well, if, you, if you're going to see an exploding eyeball, it's going to be done by Seagal. It wouldn't be done by henchman woman, you know, number one. <laughs> henchman woman. Number one. <laughs> so how about the prop satellite that was in the room? That was, come on. That 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 the budget didn't go to that at all. It just looked like like a circle that some kid made in like <laughs> so, you, okay, so you said this budget's 70 million? 60 million. 60 million. Okay. Mm. The entire movie takes place in two like two rooms, basically. Yeah. Like maybe three rooms. Like where's the budget going? I mean, I think you know I think it all went to like that technology was really expensive back in the day, was like the miniatures for some reason cost so much, like all those explosions, which we'll get into it. Cause this movie is basically like, I'd love to like interview somebody on the behind the scenes because there's two parts of this movie where you see like the miniatures, one part looks terrible. And then another part looks so real. Like it reminds me of speed that one scene at the end of speed, it looks so real. When, but you, when you watch behind the scenes, it's only like these little tiny cars. Do you know what Seagal made for this movie? What he made? He made a bourbon bourbon cake in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I I don't know. Probably commanded like 10, 15 million. I see. I, I wonder if this is because during this time, it, there was like a lot of these actors were making like the 20, 25 million, you know, Jim Carrey and all them. So I wonder if he was, you know, that's a, that's a third of the budget right there. You, yeah. You know, so. And he probably got a lot of the box office with it's probably, no, but I meant for like budget purposes, you know, like what he, you know, cause that's probably a big part of why, you know, where the budget went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we get Seagal. Casey almost gets caught. So he climbs out of a window. And he gets onto the roof. And then he's very casually playing peekaboo, looking in the windows. All right. So, yes, I, I these two things right here. Number one, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, that windows on a train do not open. I would, you know, if you have a train that's going to be going 200 miles an hour, I mean, most train, whatever, how fast they go. You're going to allow trains, windows, I mean, buses, windows don't open. Uh, train, train, I think they only open a little crack to get air, but no, they don't fully okay, open. So it may like give that little tilt. Like maybe yeah. you can open up a little tilt. There's no way it slides open like that. No. There's, there's no way. I think you would have people trying to climb out or do like go on top of the train. Like I, I, I doubt that. Um, but no one noticed his head totally looking in the, in the window, <laughs> a room filled with people. Now one person noticed he really like it wasn't like he was just going to the side. His entire head was in plain view. It seemed like Sarah may have noticed, but I wasn't quite sure because she never like no made yeah any but, but she didn't like because she she would yeah no 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 one saw him. That's how good he was. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I kind of like it was alluding to earlier. Jamie thought, oh maybe maybe the hot captain was in on it. No, the fact that. This part, I was really jaw drop. Almost reminded me of Escape Plan Three when they slit like the one yep, girl's yep. neck that was like a main character. The fact that in this movie they took the guy, I think they tossed him, then shot him, and then with her just threw her out, and she landed in shallow water. See, this is all part of what Andrew was saying before. No compassion. I mean, you know, they gave the codes up. I mean, they or you know, listen, if they're gonna kill him, they easily could have just shot him. No, let's throw them out there. Let them crack their heads open on, you know, on rocks on the way down. You know, you know, no compassion. These these are not compassionate 
terrorists. And she missed The Rocks, too. Like, I, I really thought... So when they first introduced her in the movie, I thought she was really going to be a bigger part of this. Correct. She's going to be like the female heroine. And she got thrown out, and then she hit the water. She avoided the rocks. I'm like, all right, she's still alive. You're going to see her later on in the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. she's going to she's gonna come back. She's going to do something. Yep. <laughs> Under Wait, Under Seeds 3, it opens up, and just her hand crawling out of the water. <laughs> Boom. Maybe end credit scene. I didn't watch the end of the credits. You never know. Could have been just her, like, popping her hand out. But one thing I must say about this movie, like, like horror movies make you go like, oh, like something gross. This movie, there was a lot of times I was like, ooh, like the way people fell off. And you didn't like that sound effect? That wasn't good? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Stick where you used to go. <laughs> the way people were getting tossed and like thrown off the train. There was a few of them. I was like, damn, that looks, it looks real. Some looked really, one looked really bad, which I have the photo behind me. Well, there's definitely also, I mean, for Seagal, at least I noticed um, quite a few stunt doubles that you could clearly see was not Seagal. His slow-mo jump. No, no way. <laughs> I mean, considering number one, his hair did not move on the train every time he was up there. Like it really like his, his hair and his clothes. Now he did a lot of rolling around, falling on the ground, be shot and everything else. His suit that he was wearing looked like it was just came from the dry cleaners at the end of the movie. Well, he wasn't really shot. Nothing. Remember that? He said, what? He, he said you, you think this is being shot? This isn't being shot. <laughs> After he was just shot. After he was shot, that doesn't come into play the rest of the movie. He acts like he, he literally got shot, and, and <laughs> the rest like, of the movie Lord. doesn't address it once one bit. <laughs> Blood everywhere in the train. Nah, we see shot. this a lot on trains. Is it possible to really like run across the top of a train when it's moving? <laughs> Like I, I, I think that's pretty difficult to do. I don't know. Let's pull up New Jersey Transit schedule. Let's see what we got going on tomorrow. I'll go to try. Or and again, this I think this goes at the window. Are that may I, are doors easily to open the way these doors on like on a side of the train just open very easily? Like when the train's moving, I would think everything locks. There's like no safety. Yeah, no, they don't even lock. They can only be opened by a conductor, like a conductor on the train on NJ Transit has to go to the doors to like unlock. So if you're on the outside, so it's pretty should be impossible to open any door while the train's moving on the outside. Yeah, and he'd, and then he'd even, be able to open every one of them. Yeah, even you got to think the easiest one to get into, like the caboose, because there's like a little like right. uh, little like deck back there. No, he easily like when he finds out that they locked all the windows, because the one guy goes. Hey, make sure all the windows lock or lock. Somebody, like, you, why would somebody think that? Hey, I think one of these guys got out and they climbed the top of the train. Because who would do that? But he somehow gets in through all the luggage and finds. He does. Out. And is there always a door, a secret door in the bathroom? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> he found one. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit! That was that was intense. So the whole premise of this movie is like. Travis Dane, who like put together the satellite that they zoomed in on the boobs. That's just like a little part of what it can do. It actually can have the ability to like lock into missiles around the globe. So he has like investors in China and he's like trying to show it off. So what was the first target that he wanted to shoot? China, China, China. That's what it was. 
He fucking blew up a chemical plant in chemical weapon plant in China. Yeah, a short ten second, you know, uh, scene of fire and brimstone, and then nothing. nothing. Yeah, they really Nobody they no remorse. This and then. I loved leading up to that when you saw that 10 seconds of footage again, the bad 3d of how a satellite works and like the, everything like the global positioning and everything. It just reminds me of like hackers, like the way they thought computers worked. It's like, not like that at all. But the fact that he's showing off to his investors, you think somebody's watching He's like, that's good. Now I can work with him. Wouldn't you be like, this guy's fucking crazy. Hang up the phone. I thought, at some point, um, Mike Pence was going to shoot. Was going to kill him. Oh, oh, multiple times. Multiple After times. he got everything he needed, I just felt like he just had enough of him because, like, he you know he was pretty intense the whole movie, Mike Pence, oh. and uh, I just thought he just you know he really had enough of this guy's nonsense. <laughs> what if Mike Pence is listening? He's like, I'm a big Everett McGill fan. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you look at the Everett McGill uh, IMDb page, he looks just like Gary Busey. Which is so so sad. I I'm sorry, Ever McGill. Oh, now? Yeah. Like, oh, you mean? Because uh, I think Gary Busey was in the first one, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like he's just re- replacing Gary Busey. <laughs> well, I I I think Segal or I I thought I read something and I I got to double check, but they wanted Gary Busey to I think Segal wanted Gary Busey to be in this movie or someone wanted him to be in this movie, but they realized they forgot that he died and he still got paid. Or something that and not be in a movie. I have to, I have to, I read that somewhere and I gotta I gotta find out where I read that. Um but yeah, yeah. He would wear his dress again. <laughs> so then Seagal in this movie, he's like Felix the cat when he just has like so he what is that apple he has? What what kind of device is that? It's like it's like it's an like iPad before pilot or something, right? Yes. Yeah. That, and it was weird what was on there, which it was like recipes, and yeah. then his book that he's writing, and then he, and then he faxed he faxed a message from his Palm Pilot to the rest to, to the chef. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, but I I you would think though if he's gonna leave that out and you know he's he's you know trying to he wouldn't have his name anywhere on there. You know, and he had it was like what Ryback's recipes or something like that, or like it was Ryback's tactics, which is going to be the name of his book. No, I understand, but like he, but he left it there. You know, it I was know. part of his, you know, tracking. Like, so you would think, like, because that's the only re- way they found out that he was on the train. So, like, you know, as good as he is, I don't think he would leave his name out there. You know, to you know, figure it out. Put a blanket over it, a sheet, a friggin' plant, something Nothing. in front right, of plain it. Plain sight, right there. Yeah. Or he could have like had a longer wire. It was a very short wire that plugged into the, the phone. It was just <laughs> so. But I know you didn't like Bobby's character, but he did do a pretty funny cigar. Like when he was mocking Seagal when Seagal would leave. When Seagal was like, "So you hold it going like this? You hold it going like this?" And then as soon as he left, Bobby's like mocking him. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, I thought it was funny when Seagal goes to me. Like I guess the guy wasn't he wasn't paying attention, and Seagal goes, "Don't make me raise my voice." I've seen about eight Seagal movies. I don't think he's ever raised his voice once (laughs) in any of them. (laughs) He's always very calm. Very. No matter what. (laughs) Same monotone voice. That's it. 
So then we get a rich guy that wants Travis, another like investor. He go, they go, hey, he wants he wants you to blow up his ex wife's plane, and then he's like, what for? What? And he's like, for a hundred million dollars. What's happening? <laughs> like when they think that something, cri- like the fact that again he could do that and he does do it and it blows up the plane. Like what's what's the point of this? I know obviously a hundred million dollars, but. I don't know. I just didn't understand the capabilities of what this whole thing was. I thought it was just, hey, the satellite can grab these missiles and fire them. Now it can just like cause earthquakes in the ground. It, can, it can blow up whatever it wants, anywhere it wants. Well, how about the fact that that Affleck, NASA, um, they're, they're, when they when they lost power, I guess you know, like they called it a glitch. Oh, we got a little glitch going. You know, yeah. this is NASA. Like you don't get a glitch. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Oh no, I forgot. So what Ryback was calling the name of his restaurant, Mile High Cafe. That's what it said on the screen. It said Mile High Cafe and then underneath it. <laughs> so then Seagal takes out a one-eyed Freddie Mercury. Is that Rick Rude? That was oh yeah. I, I was I was debating between Rick Rude and, and Freddie Mercury. I, I really didn't want to put down Freddie Mercury, so I, I went with Rick Rude. But yeah, that was the same guy with a yeah with a weird yeah yeah. Oh yeah, he had a, he had a glass eye, right? I think he had a glass eye. That's and he gets killed with his own knife. Seagal takes him out with his own knife. Well, that's he's the same guy that called the little girl the bitch. So you know, fuck him. I I, I can kill us. See, that's what happens when you don't follow the HR rules. Seagal's gonna take you out. You know, wouldn't it have been cool if he if he stabbed him in the eye and his fake eye comes out? Oh, uh, that'd be pretty funny. And that would have saved on the budget. <laughs> so Sarah Ryback is telling some waitress about her medals and her hero uncle. Who and... was that waitress? Because she was. <sighs> she looked almost like an older version of uh, Kathleen Heigl. Oh, yeah. But she looked like someone else, too. Oh, she was man. in a bunch of stuff. She was in Tomcat. Yeah. She plays like an. She plays like a, a nurse in that movie. I think she hooked up with like Jake Busey in that movie. But no, she she's in a ton of things. You look at her IMDb, like the same type of role. You think she was the woman that was on the beach? I hope so. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that girl is Asian. No. St- stunt boobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Minard in... Uh, Boob ethnicity, Asian, Asian boobs. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then again, these it is cool because he does have it does pay off like some of his showdowns later in the movie. Seagal, we have another guy with like a gun pops in. Seagal shoots the guy in his own head with the guy's gun, which again, they're cool. Like some of these quick kills, even are pretty good. And there are some good one liners. One later in the movie. Is one of my favorite lines. What, what the, the cook, the kitchen, or the? Sh- yeah, oh no, yeah. no, 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 no. We'll get, we'll get right. to it. Not that one, but that one's yeah, good too. Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, you know, that's what makes Seagal's movie so good. Is like he does stuff that the other guys never did. You know, yeah. like the way he fights. Um, I just have like a problem with some of his nimble stuff of being dragged under a train or jumping between cars because he's not built for that. You know. So, you know, it's like, it, and you know, there had to be a running scene at some point, which we do get in this movie. He jogs a lot. 
He does jog a lot, though. No, but I mean, like, you know, he has that famous run that everybody makes fun of. And I'm like, okay, he's on the train. So he's, we're not going to see it in this movie. But now we see it. We do. And it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, it's a lot longer than I thought. I'm like, how far is he running? But so my, like, I talked about how, how some of those, like, maybe, like, cringe, maybe, I guess. Uh, but when you get all these people tossed over, like, later on in a helicopter from the train, you're like, holy shit. When he came, so when the old man is on top of the train and he pulls out his gun, Seagal kicks him off the train uh, on video. I'll describe it. It looks like the worst dummy ever, <laughs> like no joke. And it just like folds under the train. The train runs over it. And I'm just like, well, it, do- it doesn't just run over it. It drags it. It drags it and like, Bends like it, like, and he's still even... alive. Like he's like he's like you know they're making it look like he's. <laughs> <laughs> but I do hate gun Seagal. When Seagal has a gun, I like the hand to hand combat. So when he like kicks the guy's ass and throws him off the train, cool. That's what he's known for is for his Aikido, right? Like that, that's Aikido. So do you like knife Seagal? Knife See that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like hand to hand fighting Seagal. When he like puts his gun down and he like fights the guys, but now when he has the gun, it's cool because you have to have those quick kills. There's a lot of bad guys on this train. Like when you really think about towards the end, throughout this whole movie, how many people he's taken out. Those are a lot of guys that got on that train. Well, they they don't like there was more than you thought because they only show like the five main ones, but there were a bunch other ones, you know, that were lingering around. That begs a question: like, how do you find this many bad guys? <laughs> Elliot Gould or Gold, whatever his name is. Uh, he said, he goes, I thought you were a million dollar guys. You know, we're going to do a better job than this or something like that. But this you is know? 1995. Like, how do you put out an ad for <laughs> this many bad guys to hijack a train? Terrorist Weekly. Washington. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how you do that. Like, like, cause I don't know if these guys were loyal to, to Mike Pence or to Dane. Like, I don't, it, it was really weird. Well, I always question if you're one of those guys, how do, how do you trust anybody? Like knowing that you easily, especially when money's involved, that you're not going to, you know, die at any point. Like, you know, like you're, you're all like, just how do you trust anybody? And, and, and Mike Pence seems surprised. So when, when Dane put the bounty on Washington as like one mil, one billion, one billion. He's like, you're doing it for money. <laughs> So like like there wasn't even like a payoff originally, right? Like it was just yeah. like, hey, we're just gonna do this for kicks and shit. Like, <laughs> I... no, there was no, there was something with him, and then throughout, there's like little lines. Like I think he was ex-military. Peter Green, the guy from the Mask in Pulp Fiction, he on the I, I maybe they deleted the scene or maybe it was a quick line. It says that he actually knew Ryback. He uh, right back taught him or like was like okay, his, good, yeah. his leader. And then uh, Kilpatrick said that he's the best. Yeah. He was like, whoa, Casey Ryback. Well, he uh, Elliot Gould is, is he's doing this for revenge. You know, they fired him, right? They, they got. Yeah. So, I mean, that was his, I guess, the motivation he told Mike Pence. Yeah. And then like you're talking about how big this train was before when uh, the her, her name's probably uh, female mercenary one. She gets the sniper rifle. She's in like the back of the train and she snipes Seagal from how far away on a moving train. And you see how big that train is and how she's that that good. 
She's that good. She's that she good. She nails him though. Like she really <laughs> does. Like we discussed this. He was this is not a this, he wasn't shot. Yeah. No, he clearly wasn't. <laughs> so cool. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> so then, like we talked about, this is the the next scene is when they find out when they're looking at it, they find his Apple device and they figure out Ryback. They're all gushing over him and. And what's his name has no idea who he is. Uh, Elliot Gould's like, who? What? He like is so confused. All the other guys are like, oh my god, he's the best. <laughs> That'd be pretty nerve wracking if you hire guys and they're like gushing over a guy. Would they like when they see him be like, oh my god, dude, can I have your autograph? Can you sign oh, my that, that happened in what uh, some action movie that like oh that no, it was John Wick I think it was like the one of the John Wicks I think the last the last one the one guy goes I heard so much about you I'm I'm sorry I, I'm gonna have to kill you but I mean like this is an honor or something like that That's like awesome, that yeah. exactly that really happened in in the movie so yeah oh I I just watched um, nobody and it was like the same idea like 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 they heard his name and they were like oh shit I'm out <laughs> that's better call Saul right the guy mm-hmm. yeah Bob Odenkirk Bob Odenkirk yeah. You know, I here's another question I have that you see that in a lot of movies. Now, Seagal's wearing a sports coat the entire movie. He's doing a lot in that coat. When I go to a wedding, I can't wait to take that coat off because I can barely move in it. You know, I mean, and I take the coat off, you know, like, how do they do all this? Like, knowing that you're going to be doing all this jumping, running, going on the trains, why not take it off? Like, why do you got to leave the coat on? He had time. He could have easily took it off real quick. Like, don't you think you'd move better? I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, I don't know how, like, and it happens in all the movies. They always wear, like, a sports coat. Like, James Bond is always dressed nice. Like, when you wear, like, sweatpants and a t-shirt, you want to be, like, as <laughs> nimble as possible? <laughs> That'd be funny. Pizza stains, hole in the shirt. That'd be great to see Seagal. Running shoes. And- That'd be perfect for under seats three. He's retired in sweatpants. Maybe he's playing, like, on a golf course, and then Boom. Well, as big as he is now, I could see a tracksuit. A tracksuit. Weekend at Bernie's tracksuit. <laughs> so the next part of the movie is when they they shoot him and you see blood and they're like, he's got to be gone, man. He's got to be gone. And he's like, did you see a body? And he's like, no. And then he's like, without confirmation, we have to keep searching the train for him. And then, like you said, how's he hanging? Dude, could you imagine that hanging underneath and the bouncing and dude, God forbid, if there's one thing on the track sticking up, you're done. So, well, again, wearing a sports coat, it's hanging on the ground. So, you know, Ooh. it's going to, it's going to snag on something. No, it doesn't. It looks perfect. And it's not okay. He's under a train over rocks and dirt. You would think he'd get up all like dirty and you know, like, like, like dust all over him. Nothing. So then the whole next part, they're trying to figure out, they go to the manifest, they see Ryback plus one. So they're trying to figure out who it is. They're like, oh, is it a wife? They're like, no, the you know, wife, you put the name. And then she's great, man. She's really good. In this movie, like Catherine Heigl, I loved her character. Like I said, I, I, I thought she was an, anno- like, again, the typical annoying daughter and she wasn't. So like, you know, it, I, I was surprised at her role. I think she did a good job. You're right. She, but she re- you would think that you would hide that, that necklace. Yeah. She, the, even uh, the hottie bartender lady, she said to hide it and she didn't. Yeah. No, she wore it proudly. Yeah. And that's what gave her away. Well, you know, not for nothing. Those two stood out from everybody in that, 
I mean, like, you know, clearly Seagal was not with any. I thought they were going to think that he was with the, the, the waitress or whatever she is, the bartender. Because, I mean, like, you know, it, it's Seagal, you know, so why not? Um, so I, you know, but they stood out from everybody else in that train. It was so obvious. And she got shot for it anyway. So maybe they should have just been like, oh, are you Mrs. Ryback? And then she gets shot. You know what? That's one of the shocker moments. Like you said, like, you know, like make it, like I didn't expect that because she goes, oh, no, don't no, Leave her alone. And he just turned around and shot her like out of the blue. Like it was very unexpected. Yeah. But you know, what's funny. It looked like she like grabbed her leg. So I'm like, maybe she didn't die. But then they didn't see, We didn't reference her for the rest of the movie. And then later her doppelganger kind of looks like her, the lady in the well, bathroom later. But we have a question. I have a question about that one. But oh, yeah. yeah, we'll get into that. But, but you know, but OK, so, yeah, you have all these hostages. I don't think you see anyone else. Once Captain Hagel's taken, you don't see anyone else except the one in the bathroom. No. Yeah, you're right. You don't see really anybody for the rest yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Really, you don't. Yeah, even the, you don't. even later when they reference that, oh, we got them all off. You're yeah. like, not one. Oh, yeah, not oh. one. Well, they cheered, right? When they uncoupled the, the, the car, didn't they all cheer that were, were free or something? Oh yeah, they did disconnect one of the cars. Okay, that's why we didn't see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Andrew, well that would make sense. <laughs> Andrew, that's your. That's why you're our. That's why you're here. Because I was wondering later on when they when when everything went spoiler alert, when everything blew up, I was like, <laughs> oh man, all those people, and I'm like, oh wait, they disconnected earlier on. Okay. <laughs> Is it easy to disconnect a, a train while it's moving? I hope not. I hope it's not that easy. <laughs> you think what happened? Like, imagine a train going off like a like a little bump in the, in the track, and then it just unhooks by itself. You know, like I mean, that's how easy they did it. it no, it definitely seemed that way. It seemed like there should have been like three or four or five <laughs> things you have to disconnect. It seemed like it was like a, a little button, and you need like a special tool, like you know, like yeah. you know, like I, I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. My my son runs Lionel trains all the time, and those fuckers always on couples. So I mean, if they're anything like the real thing, yeah, I totally believe it. <laughs> so then I love Bobby and Ryback when they like throughout the movie they they always like meet back up. Like Ryback goes kills three or four guys, comes back to meet Bobby, and then Bobby goes, "What are you doing now?" Ryback says, "Me? Oh, I'm making a bomb." <laughs> he's grabbing everything from behind the the bar. What did you start with? Coconut cream? Was it coconut oil? Yes. And the fact that you're thinking that this is going to be something for later. Now, cut to, he walks up to a guy, throws it, and the pager reads, you're, you're fucked. fucked. <laughs> where did he get those wires from? Because he was in a, he was he was at the bar the bar or kitchen and you know I can I can understand the the coconut oil but like he had those little red and blue wires that he hooked up to it where'd that come from sports coat okay that's why he's wearing that's why he's wearing it didn't he have that little fanny pack that he has gun and his all all his other stuff in yeah yeah that's where he had the apple uh the like the, <laughs> yeah, the pom 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 yeah. If, well, he does find wires. We have to say this. So he does find wires all the time. Like when he needed to connect the Palm Pilot to the internet. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, later on when he had to steal the car, like he finds wires easily. Oh, well, the car. We'll talk about that in, <laughs> in a few. That is unbelievable. <laughs> so this guy lights on fire from the bomb. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yes. It was pretty Good cool. Good old fire. And then the other guy. We get it. We get the classic Seagal 
breaking the hand back, which I love. Yep, even though yep. You know that it's a fake arm, but it looks so cool. Yep. That's classic Seagal. Out of all of his moves, that's it. The bending of the arm or breaking the leg in half, it's the best. I thought it was real. Okay. <laughs> we're, chopping, we're chopping fingers off. Yeah. Wait. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Too far. That was pretty wild, dude. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's crazy. Like, this guy, he really, except for the one part I think he goes on the ground near the end, he barely gets touched. Now, these are like the best of the best villains that they're hiring, and they don't even come close to, to Casey Ryback. No one, really. They can't even touch him. No, the girl. Yeah, she's the only one. It's like a million divided by, what, like, 50. Like, how much are they really gaining per person? <laughs> I really doubt it. Or how about sending, like, he? there were obviously five, you know, henchmen. You got the, you know, the guy from Pulp Fiction. You have Kilpatrick. Like, you had all those guys, the, you know, uh, Breaking Bad. Send them all at the same time. Mike Pence couldn't even get, get a finger on him. Even after he took the, the pepper spray to the face to demonstrate oh. how tough he was, it was like, nah, I'm just going to get my ass kicked by Steve Seagal. Oh, you got, and you got an ass kicked. When he goes, when you're used to military grade, this is nothing. And he takes it and squirts it in his mouth. Well, he said, what he, he said, she, she said it was mace. And he goes, no, it's pepper spray. Oh, she yeah. called it mace. Yeah. And he said, pepper spray is for civilians or something like that. Like yeah. He said, yeah. <laughs> So then we get to Ryback uh, when him and the guy like fall off the train, right? Like what, when you think that you're like, Oh, he's never going to get back on that train. Really? But he has the CD-ROM. He has the CD-ROM. He does have the CD-ROM that Bobby grabs. Yeah. Well, no, he, he, gra- he snuck, Bobby snuck in. Right? Like, yeah. Which, which was, that whole scene was ridiculous. He had that, like yeah. that dumbwaiter elevator. That while the fire is going on, he knew exactly where to go. And somehow, for some reason, the CD was was the CD ROM was pushed out of the of the computer. Like it wasn't in there. Why was it sitting out of there? No, why wouldn't Travis have left that in the most important thing? But he's been working on it all this time. So why was the eject button like why was the eject button used? <laughs> Plot hole. I think we found a plot hole. First of a few. <laughs> so you talked about Casey and his sports coat. How about the fact that the shoes that he's wearing, he's clearly wearing like dress shoes. Yep. And somehow he is, he he's climbing the face, the, the rock wall. Okay. Some guy, again, these mercenaries, they might not be the best, but they have all the tools. The fact that he repels down so quick and they say, Hey, be careful. He has a CD ROM. Why would that guy get so close? Well, I mean, Seagal's barely holding on to a ledge with his fingertips. You know, yes. that's first of all. Um, but you made a good point. He's wearing dress shoes. Again, I, and I want to go back to running on top of a train. Now, it's made of metal. He'd be sliding all over the place. Oh, yeah. Running on a train, you know. You're, you, and, and again, and I think even on rocks, like he would like, yeah, he's not dressed for you know success in this movie. He's not dressed. Well, he's dressed for success, but just not for running on train. Yes. Well, yes. Why would that guy get so close to him? And again, how is Seagal able to do anything when he's barely holding on to his, with his fingertips, <laughs> yet he's able to take on that guy? 
And how bad is that guy? Again, this is one of your paid henchmen that you're paying millions of dollars to, and this guy can't handle a guy who's hanging on a ledge, a rock ledge. Easily takes him out, and then he's able to. He basically just gives Seagal like an escape. Seagal was well, like dead in the water. Seagal has great uh, grip strength in this scene. Because <laughs> yes. a few times he has to hold on to like the ledge, even when he's going up. Yeah. Kilpatrick has a line because he wants to. Uh, he shoots at Bobby and he says Porter's Porter's checked. And then again, like I said, the train at this point was stopped for like a few seconds. You know what? I, I did like this, but the Bobby scene coming up as much the as he Bobby. was annoying. It was, is his name Bobby the Porter? Yeah. 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 The, with, with, with the, with the gun, he goes, uh, um, well, he had two, he had two lines coming up, but he said something like what's in your pocket. He goes, your ass. And he turns around and shot the guy. Oh yeah, that's good. No, I'm telling you, there's some parts of this movie that I I enjoyed his lines and just his. It, I I think so many times you see these movies, it's usually Seagal by himself for the most part. Yeah, but you know, I guess they needed a little comic relief. I mean, same thing with uh, Die Hard. You know, you had the limo driver. You know, like oh, yeah. you know, you you always have to. I guess you know when it's such a serious movie, you get just a little. I just feel like his comic relief was almost too much. Like yeah. he definitely played the role way overboard. Um, but you know, he did. He definitely had some cool scenes. Oh yeah, dude. No, no, there was definitely some cool parts. And then this is like when the train leaves, and again, he's so far away. And then this is like Andrew kind of mentioned it before with the wires the fact that he runs up to an abandoned truck he opens the hood that's the first thing he thinks of and he sees two wires just gets disconnected and everything else is so perfect and clean was there anything else nearby besides a truck <laughs> I, don't know. I mean that just happened to be there just like that and if it was abandoned like that i'm assuming there's no way that car, that truck is starting Exactly. It probably has not ran in years. <laughs> he touches two wires, turns it, boom. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but that's what I do to my truck all the time. <laughs> I disconnect it from the battery and I, I, I just jump, you know, hot wire it uh, to get it started. Just all right. Then you know what? I, I stand corrected. <laughs> that quick. Usually it's like, all right, honey, I'm, let's go. Why is, why is your husband going under the hood? <laughs> I don't know. You watch under seats too. Oh, like and, uh, <laughs> this is how I start my car. <laughs> Kelly, get in the car. As, as I'm wearing my black sports coat. <laughs> yeah, no oil stains, nothing on that jacket from reading. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So th- this is one thing I want to mention. Out of all the Seagal movies, he never has a character flaw, right? Is there, a- well, that's, who he is in real life. Is there ever a movie that he has anything? Nothing. He's, he's the best at everything. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I bet you, something. I bet you in, in his contract, he says, I'm not wearing a dirty suit. So I bet you, because there's no way, again, the whole movie, his suit is, is in one piece, like yeah. ripped, a, a sleeve ripped off, like something like he's dragged under a train. Nothing. So I bet you, because he, he has to look good on camera, that he was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to wear any dusty thing. In my, you know, I bet you. Yeah, I was just trying to think it'd be good for him to have some flaw. Like, I don't know what it could be, but just something like even Indiana Jones hates snakes. 
there there could have been something in this scene. Not saying because he was like a Navy SEAL, like not fear of heights, but just this whole part, like that he drives this. The fact that there's a road that perfectly goes next to this train. Yeah, but you know what though? I expected this scene to go way worse. I thought okay. somehow the train, the 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 truck was going to go towards the train, and he was going to jump out right at the right time to get on the train. Yeah. So it could have been a lot worse. Okay. I just didn't like the, the fact that I just wish there was a different way. Maybe like he drove to a bridge, just the fact that it was a dirt road that ran next to it and his slow-mo jump onto the train was just. Now you, you mentioned a floor. What floor do you like in your eyes? eyes what floor can Sig all have? I don't know because his like, characters are always so perfect. So I don't know, like in this role, when he's a Navy SEAL, what's he going to be? I don't know. Like, I, I don't even have a guess. Because he would never have anything like that. He would have I mean, damage to himself. If it like, was a snake, he would grab a snake by its neck. He would no, he talked to it probably. The <laughs> snake would be his buddy or something. Or, earlier in the movie, he did say after uh, uh, Catherine Eigel's uh, teen angst, he's like, I'm not trained for this. So yes. that would be the one fault that he's not trained uh, to be a father, a, a, a pubescent teenage girl. <laughs> Well, then he's like Miyagi in that, in that aspect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just something like even Bruce Willis, Die Hard, he steps on the glass and he's like for the rest of the movie, he's kind of hurt. He gets shot in this movie. Eh. He didn't get shot. He didn't get shot. I don't think in any movie has he ever gotten beaten up. Like he's never looked bloody. Never. Like there's not even close. Even no. Mike Pence, the great Mike Pence, oh, he, he was a finger on him. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he did get knocked down with Pence for like in the bathroom, I think, or somewhere. You know, he kicked him. He yeah. kicked him, and then he ran yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of all Seagal's movies, and I, I think you're right, Doug. I don't think the Hard to Kill was the only one when he got shot up pretty bad. That's it. And he still, yeah, but he still looked pretty normal. <laughs> I think his beard. I think the beard is the only thing that really changed about. Like you know, yeah. like that's it. You know, but really, it, like yeah, you're right. I I don't think he ever gets beat up. He never loses. What about the TV show when he was a he was a deputy. Remember that he like, was a he cop get... in like Alaska, right? Or yeah, never ever got roughed up in that one. Well, I think I think a lot of these karate guys, like what's the guy that was in Kill Bill? Um, what's his name? He the the main guy, Bill. Um, he's the famous kung fu guy the, on TV. Oh, you know what I'm uh, about? Yeah, what the heck's his name? He has a name that sounds like another yes, actor's name yes, too. You know. So he was in a movie with Chuck Norris, you know, and and uh I forget the name of the movie. Might have been Lung Wolf from Quaid or something like that. And um like they had a, a end fight scene. Now you got these two guys that are known for their karate yeah. and Chuck Norris he, in his, in, uh, in the contract that that guy from Kung Fu would not allow uh Chuck Norris to beat him in karate. Chuck yeah. Norris had to shoot him to kill him. Yeah. So he was so like, you know, like like again the pompous and like, so, so it's probably the same thing with Seagal. Like he can, in his contracts, there's no way I'm going to get beat up. I'm the best. And you know, yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. probably why he was never in a movie with any of those guys. Cause he was big with all those guys. You know, like I wanted to like Van Damme or something like that. He's like, no, I'm not oh, sharing yeah. screen time. <laughs> so then my favorite part when Chef Boyer D, when he, when he calls the government, cause I guess Casey like put the number on there. And the fact that he goes, <laughs> Hey, you have a message from, it's like, who sent this message, sir? Casey Ryback. Casey Ryback? 
Casey Ryback's on that train. And and then you think as a kid, I remember that scene, everybody erupting, like excited. But I was like kind of disappointed because the next line was like, well, Casey Ryback, you can do something in the next 18 minutes, but we have to get an airstrike ready. I'm like, holy shit. 18, this movie has more than 18 minutes left. (laughs) It, it, It does. I think there was like 28 minutes left. I think that's when I stopped when I took my, when I was like falling asleep, I'm like, Holy crap. Like what is that? What's happening? (laughs) But that's what we get. And then we get Catherine Heigl was such a badass when she had like that one-on-one interaction and she like digged her nail into Mike Pence's face. Yeah. But there was no blood. Like it almost oh, looked like she was. Should have been. It almost looked like I she was pushing on his cheek. Yeah, like you, I thought she was doing like what the, the like the Italian like the faccia brut or something like. I, I thought she was doing something <laughs> like that. Brut. You know what faccia brut means? No, good. U- ugly face. Oh, oh, no, definitely not Mike Pence. <laughs> almost been a faccia bell. <laughs> and again, she's sixteen, and he goes, "Ooh, man, that was good." <laughs> Well, in his defense, he doesn't know how old she is. And she does look older. And she has the Navy Cross, so she's figure she's she's at least, uh, you know, of the age to enlist. <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? You said, you know, she's she's, you know, you like her, she's so good, but you know what? She really isn't. I mean, she used the pepper spray, that didn't work. Then she used the the pressure point nail thing, and I was looking, she doesn't even have nails on her finger. She had no nails. Like she didn't have long nails. Like she had no nails. So like I don't know what she was doing with that. But she taught Bobby. She taught Bobby that hit. Like, again, she scratched him, and you see like a, a cut, like a scar in his face or something. Like there was no. It was like an indent. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it was. And then no pain. <laughs> so then Bobby, when he gets caught by uh, the mask guy, that was pretty cool because he's ready to shoot me. He's like. Hey kid, it was pretty cool. Like that conversation and the guy's like, there's two ways, you know, I like your, he's like, I, I like uh, your energy. And like, he like is basically giving him props. Cause I love that. He goes, come on, you're just a janitor. He goes, I'm a porter. And he's like, no, no, he goes, you're just a bus boy. Bus. And he, goes, he goes, I'm a porter, not a bus boy. All right, Mr. Porter. <laughs> so I think that goes with the, the geek and a nerd talk. So are porters higher than bus boys? Like, you know, like, is it like an insult to call, you know, like, well, Porter is a glorified. I was a Porter when I worked at Stop and Shop when I was 16. It was just a fancy name for janitor. It was like saying custodial engineer. Oh, so a Porter is a janitor. It is a janitor. I didn't. Wait, wait. So wait. So, so he's angry that he calls him a, a busboy. I would think a busboy would be more glam, uh, glamorous than a Porter. No? <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> I mean, I, I mean yeah, they're both are tough jobs, but I mean, you know. To be he seemed a little annoyed by that. Yeah, and then I love like right away he's like, Oh, I like you, kid. And he's like, Gary, put the gun. And he's like, Hey, can you help me out here? <laughs> then freaking Casey Ryback right there makes quick work of him. No time. I was hoping he would have fought out of that. I was hoping he would turn around and then do something. Uh, but yeah, no, just Steven Seagal just Yeah, but the way he killed him was pretty like he broke his neck. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, no, that was good. And then we got, so Travis, in order to make sure that none of the, again, there's no hostages really on there. His whole part is like, he moved the train on the tracks 
in order to have another train car fresh come into yeah i was gonna say back to to the seagal and uh bobby where did they get the maps from because they seem to have a map of everything that's going on you know dark territory they have a map that's clearly labeled dark territory does it say dark territory in a map like it does no, I know. I'm saying like on that oh. real map, like how do they come up with this movie? They're like, okay, in order to do that, do this, we have to have a part that there's no service. That's just made. Why would they have a map in the first place? The only place I would assume the map would be, would be at the front, you know, where, yeah. where the, the conductor, they were never near anywhere near the conductor. They were always in the, the luggage place. So what, how did they have this detailed map of everything that's going on? And then Bobby has ridden it. He's worked there long enough that he knew that usually they go through the ghost town and this time they're on the opposite tracks. Now, what was on the other train? Was that just a conductor hauling just like not, not, it wasn't like a passenger train because they said they had six locomotives on it, right? Like it yeah. was like a big, huge train, six hundred thousand oh, yeah. gallons of gasoline. Yeah, but didn't you gotta assume there's a bunch of workers on there or something? Yeah. Like then they're not talking about any of the people that died on there. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't there have been like a little like rem- remembrance or think about those people that sacrificed themselves? Because pretty pretty quick, the commander or whatever that guy was, he was ready to kill everyone there just to save everyone that was gonna get blown up at the Pentagon. Well, didn't he say it's only a thousand people or something like that? Or he made like a comment. It's only this number. 200 to save 8 million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? really? I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I get it. I, I get the number part of it, but. You know, listen, I think in, 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 if you want to talk about reality, I mean, you know, it's, it's like anything else. I mean, it's, you know, do you save one person to, you know, to sacrifice to, you know, whatever. I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah. It's a tough call. But I mean, uh, but then again, if his wife, if, if a family member's on there, you know, your views are a little different. Yeah. It's exactly. okay if, it's not, if, if it doesn't, it doesn't, it, you know, belong to your family. Yeah. So how about the stealth bombers? Like within seconds, they have like these stealth bombers, like getting ready to just take, take it out. They're ready to like to take these people out. And the fact that Travis's technology, a satellite is able to see exactly where they are and, We'll get in a second. There's like a, you know, just thought of this. So he, he he created a way to fax a message to the chef. Why couldn't he just call? I mean, if he had the Wi-Fi or whatever to to get the message across it, it it was a phone, right? Or the pager. It was just like a Palm pilot. So it was like a mini computer. So I guess you couldn't call, call on those back then, which kind of, Now, nowadays, it doesn't make sense with the technology that we have. But back then, it was probably like okay. it was like 30. It took like 30 seconds or even longer because they had to leave it. Yes. yes. That's how long it was taking. Yeah. Yeah. Then 20 words. <laughs> Amazing. So best part of the movie, Seagal and, and Bobby take this like secret door to get into this, the woman's where, where this woman is in the bathroom. Why is she putting on lipstick? She was in the bathroom putting on lipstick. Like, it, first of all, was she a hostage? Like, like who was she? Like, it was like it was such a random thing to have this woman in there putting on lipstick. Like, it made absolutely no sense for her to be in there. Maybe she was so vain. She was like, "If I'm gonna die, 
I'm going out making my ex know that my, my dead body has red lipstick on when they pull me through the rubble. <laughs> I don't know. That made no sense. But the fact that the guy, the bad guy, is ready to like shoot her for one second. And she's like, I broke my bra. And then Seagal, who's a pretty big guy, somehow is behind her, her little bot, her little frame. And dude, his line after he knocks the guy out. I broke my bra. It's to die for. <laughs> the best. That's like the best one-liner like that should be in all those videos i watch online sometimes i'm like 100 best like kill one-liners that should why be is there. that not on there yeah i forgot how he got in there did he take the secret entrance into the bathroom is that how yeah, he got they, there him and bobby both did yeah Holy. So, bobby. Isn't, there something, isn't there something wrong with that that there's a secret entrance to get into a bathroom where the woman was like what if she was peeing add it to the hr video <laughs> Like, I think that would have been funnier. Like, like it, it made no sense that she's putting on lipstick, but have her peeing and then they, they creep in there. Peeing. How about if it was like, they're like, is anybody in here? <laughs> <laughs> or have like, I mean, like have like a mile high something going on. Like what, what is it called on a train? Is it tr- called something? I mean, obviously it's not mile high. Ooh, so like uh... mile long. Locomotive loving. That's better than mile long. Way too long. That's way too long. <laughs> Doing the old LL. So then we have Ryba- Ryback and Bobby are just, again, these are mercenaries. Bobby learned how to hold a gun 20 minutes ago. And he, him and Casey are taking out everyone. Everyone. And we even have one guy that, is like a, a, just a random guy that we never saw throughout the mo- whole, whole movie, like a Marine, because he randomly grabs, and I thought that was Bobby at first, because they just showed a guy come out of nowhere and tackle a guy with an Uzi, and then he gets shot up, and I'm like, holy shit, what just happened? It was just some random guy. So that was like the yeah. only passengers that were like left at that point. They were all in like one car. I don't know. Well, you know, it, Bobby was, in the beginning of the movie, he was afraid of everything. You know, hiding, he wasn't moving. And somehow his fear left him and he became like fearless because even when he was climbing that ladder, oh. now that did not look sturdy at all. And it looked super high. No way are you gonna go up there and climb that. No way. He even said he even says that. That's the line he says to Bobby. Is Bobby goes, What are we gonna do next? And he has the gun in his hand and he goes, you want to do something to help out? Or you want to well, be a he hero? Said you want to be a hero. He goes, you want to be a hero? Yeah. What's up? Commandeer that helicopter. <laughs> like I, that almost seemed more dangerous than the train aspect. So like, why didn't Seagal take that role? I don't know. It seemed dangerous, not even for him to do it. Just putting the trust in him to go up there. Because if what if he goes up there? Something happens. He gets nervous. He shoots the helicopter guy, and then it just crashes into the train. Like so many. Or how about he fall? How about he falls off the ladder? Which you know, most likely, probably would have happened. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so the stealth bomber. This this was so silly because when we saw the stealth bombers and Travis is like, oh, I can't pinpoint their locations. They're split, splitting up. I got to make sure I I still have my locked in on the Pentagon. But when he blows the one up and they cut to it. 
it's like right over the train. I don't think a stealth bomber has to like touch the train to shoot it or blow it up. That just made absolute zero sense. It bolted him. He did. He blew up bolted him. Okay, he did blow. But you're right. You're right that it literally was right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it could have gotten any closer. I thought it was going to blow up the car. You even saw it. Yes. Like from the guys, there was like a little bit of a turbulence. I'm like, why was that guy so close to the train? Wouldn't that be like the dumbest? There has to be. They should have to like touch them in order to. Yeah. Well, what was the stealth bomber supposed to be doing? Like shooting it, shooting the train down, right? Yeah. He could have. They they could do it way further than that. You know, like you know. So yeah, that made no sense whatsoever. But again, also, no. Also, if it gets shot by that thing, wouldn't the bomb on side, like the missile, explode too? Right. And right. wouldn't affect the train. It was that close that you think like it would push the train off the track, like the explosion or something. Nothing. No, just like a little tiny tremble, tremor, a little tiny. So Jamie, talk about it, Kilpatrick. Very disappointed, really, because I feel like there were other villains that had much better like death scenes that were nobodies, and you got this guy here, and his just was I don't know, it was it was very weak. I, maybe again, maybe it was a Seagal thing. Maybe he didn't get along with him for whatever reason. Maybe Kilpatrick, you know, kind of said something that bothered Seagal. He goes, all right, I'll get you. Wouldn't Seagal then be like, hey, I don't like this Kilpatrick guy. I'm going to rip his dick off. <laughs> wouldn't, he, wouldn't he make it like the, the most demeaning kill rather than the fact that, well, they do kind of make him seem like a yeah, but Would that kill someone? I don't know about right away, but, you know, it would kill me. Well, it might it might kill you emotionally. But I don't know if it's going to kill you, but I yeah, I don't know. No, but the fact that he they wrote in the line for Kilpatrick, who at this point he's a pretty big time bad guy. Agree. Death warrant was like five years earlier, and the fact that he's like, hey, shouldn't this be the time we just cut our losses and leave? And then the, and then Mike Pence was like. Hell no. And he pulls out the knife, stabs in the throat, twists a little bit, drops. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, willing to bet there was like, he must have been something with Seagal. He, he wrote him down because, I mean, it, that didn't make sense. You know, I, I would think, way. I think he was the, I mean, outside of him, outside of, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the guy from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I think, I think Kilpatrick was even bigger than that, that guy. Like the guy from Beverly Hills Cop who always played like a little side guy. Like he was never like the main guy in any movie. Kilpatrick was, you know, like I, I, it must have been an ego thing. It has to be because it was so lame. It could have been so much better. And I wonder if that was the role that Brian Thompson was going to play because he was supposed to be in this movie. And then he chose to be in Lionheart instead because his buddy was directing it or his buddy wrote it. But yeah, so then you mentioned before Bobby... He's probably never, he never held a gun, never climbed a rope ladder up to a helicopter. He's getting all the way up there. Then the girl mercenaries right behind him. And I did love this part because the guy that I said before you came on, she, the guy, the helicopter pilot looked like Randy Couture. He actually sort of looks like, yes. look like Patrick in a way. Yes. The fact that the guy, when he beats the girl, Bobby somehow beats a mercenary, like the fifth one that he's taken out throws her off her body bounces off like it looks so cool when she hits the train great great line i don't understand that why she climb after him she just shot him i said the same thing i go i go her her job was to stop him from getting to that helicopter he was when when she went out there he was only he was in the middle 
Like he had, he still had a long way to go. She had a gun, like shoot him. Like why she had to climb after him. Well, if she missed and shot the helicopter guy, it lands into the train. You never know. She's a mercenary. She's supposed to be the best of the wait. She shot Seagal from like seven trains back. You don't think she could, the guy climbing a ladder, she could shoot him. She's good with the sniper. She's not the best with the handgun. That's good. (laughs) But how great was Bobby? You got to give him props when the guy's like, yeah, you made quick work of him. And he's like, Oh, you made quick work of him. I love you like that part. That was awesome. Oh, I, I, I hated it. I hated that part. I love he just Morris did a Chestnut. cool thing, and then he's going to do that. Oh, love that. Oh. Morris Chestnut, if you're listening, huge fan. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, again, Ryback, at this moment, he has to get to his niece. That's, what, that's what's on his mind. I have to get to her. I have to get to her. How about when he kills the one guy, and it is the longest sleeper hold ever? It is, like, so long to the point that I'm like, it can't be any longer, right? No, it was. It kept going and going. I'm like, wouldn't he like be making quick work like he was earlier in the movie with guys? It just seemed so long for a guy that was a no. It wasn't even a, a guy that we knew. Right. He Again, he had a better death and like you know, interaction with Seagal than uh, Kirkpatrick. Like, yeah. it, again, that, that to me, that, that I would have preferred him, to, you know, go to sleep hold. Plus, he had a knife, Seagal. Why don't you just like stab him as he held him like in his neck? Like, why, why waste your energy on a sleeper hold? Exactly. It made no sense. So, again, early in the movie, you're talking about the ragtag bunch. You compared them to, who was your NASA group? Oh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. So, how about this commander who already, oh, I forgot what he said to the guy. Earlier in the movie, like, that guy that zoomed in on the boobs made, like, a really off-color joke. And the commander was like, Hey, how about you not talk anymore or something like that earlier? So then at this point, it's like, it's the, the final moments. And he goes, well, son, which one? Because he said one and the guy goes, well, there's eight other possibilities. Like, well, pick one. And I'm like, holy shit. What a <laughs> shitty thing for a guy that's like a higher up to do. Give it to this freaking guy to choose between gamma, beta, you know, all of these. <laughs> it was just like, what? Pick one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> And then the last second, he's like, uh, and he's like, which one, son? He's like, Kappa. <laughs> it was the wrong one. Yeah, and that's what it was, yeah. And then so he can blame that guy, fires ass. <laughs> well, the, the poor guy was under pressure. He didn't give him a lot of time to think about it. That is true. He thought, I'm going to work to zoom in on boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding tits on this, on this, and I... That's still the most well, and you know what's funny with that again. Back to the woman that was on the beach, there was no one else on that beach. She was the only one that was out there, and he found her, and she found, and he found her. Like you have an empty beach with no one else, and he somehow found an empty beach with a woman who was topless. Super creepy. This guy, this guy's pretty good. He should have been hired by the villains. <laughs> he should have been. He would have been. He would have been perfect. <laughs> So then we get, this is where you see Mike Pence is a pretty evil guy. Because even just before this, he basically told Travis he wanted to kill him. Like, he basically said, I'm going to kill you. He had no interest in the money or the plan. But when he puts a metal wire noose around Sarah's neck and pulls a grenade, 
hands it to her and says, hold that tight, sweetheart. Wow. That's badass. It was really for like Seagal villains in the final scenes. Cause sometimes in the movies, there's like cheap, like no fights or anything like Sadler. He didn't really even fight. It really wasn't any, anything, but in this one. Yeah. But I, I feel know. like, okay. So if, if I'm a villain at this point, what's the point of like, I would have not that I'm a villain, not that I condone this, but he, I would think that he would kill her. And 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 then go after Seagal. Like this is like you know, like because like leaving her like 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 what's the point at that point? Like I think he would just want to like dig into Seagal even more. Like you know, like I feel like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, because he he used her her to lure him right and right. And then once he got him, yeah, well, I just piss Seagal off even more and just like and not not to mention that it might distract him a little bit. Like he might be just because he's not paying attention now that he might have an advantage. Or you could have made him just super pissed if you were like shot her and then he would have been like super. Well, he does get kind of crazy in this scene, but we get <laughs> the fact that he goes, put your gun down. And then when they get into the other train car, they both pull out knives. And it, for when they, <laughs> I laughed for a second when they did basically like sword fight for like a second back and forth. I'm like, okay, this needs to, this needs to just, just start punching each other. That's what we need. To how do you, how do you sword fight with like two short knives? <laughs> I mean, he did rip his jacket. He sliced his jacket. By Pence the, didn't by the like arm. that. Pence oh, he didn't checked like it. He was like, "Hey, <laughs> jacket." <laughs> again, yeah, got- again, same thing. We're wearing the the sports coat. He's wearing a leather jacket. Like you know, you're gonna you're, you're about to get in in it. Like you know, you're about to you know hand to hand. Wouldn't you want to be as comfortable as possible? Exactly. Like I feel, I would feel like wearing things on your arm, like a jacket, is going to be restrictive. Yeah, you get some dexterity, I guess. Maybe a little slice of the knife, you can get out of it. The leather can take something from it. Maybe it's just maybe it's a super sports coat. Maybe there's like metal fibers in well, there. Apparently, he's but he's got a lot of wires in there. But I mean, but okay, but you know what? You're hand to hand combat. Can you just grab the jacket, pull it over the head like a hockey thing, and like you know, like again, it, it can be used against you. That is true. Go shirtless. Yeah, go shirtless. Arnold would. Arnold would have. <laughs> so then they start fighting in the, the kitchen. And for a few seconds, I really thought it was going to be more of like a little back and forth. But no, it was, he did like a 15 hit combo. It was all Seagal, all time. You know, Seagal does a lot of things straight on camera, no special effects and because he knows his stuff. Like he's like one of the real deals in Hollywood, but this scene, I, I feel like there was a lot added, added to it. You know, I, I, yeah. to me, it kind of took a little away from the Seagal magic. Yeah, no, I was just hoping for, again, we know he doesn't get harmed, nothing like that, but I was just hoping for, I don't know, just a little bit like back and forth, which I know isn't his bag, but even when the guy grabbed like the butcher knife, maybe like, Seagal gets pinned down. Just like, again, a cut in the face or something. Like, I think every every Stallone, Arnold, Van Damme, they all get, like, beat up at some point. Like, oh, some yeah. kind of cut. Something. I'm telling you, I don't think Seagal has ever gotten cut. Yeah, Cobra. You know, yeah. he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, 100%. No. Yeah. And especially since they've built up Mike Pence as this badass. And he doesn't. He doesn't get anything. 
It's just it's just super weird. Like really- yeah, he he wasn't as good as his 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 demeanor was the whole movie. Yeah, he was a he was a big shit talker, and he couldn't back it up. But whatever, he looked the part, thinking, but he couldn't back it up. Wouldn't it be really funny? This would be like in a spoof movie of a cigar movie, and they start fighting, and now we're you hear ding, and the microwave's done from earlier in the movie. <laughs> There's a cake. <laughs> cake just waiting there oh you, you're like like a pink panther thing they're like all right hold on we gotta get the, take the cake out <laughs> and they and they each have a slice they do it and then they tap the where are we and then, get <laughs> and then they go out. where were we <laughs> exactly but i do like his line nobody beats me in the kitchen oh oh that's oh. oh for for you're talking about the like the main tough guy the villain and that's the line oh yeah oh well if you're making that sound, how about the end of the movie that you have Travis, who's a pretty smart guy, right? He he has to know how computers work and the fact that oh. they have to be the computer has to be connected and working. The fact that he says there's no way to st-, he goes there's no way to stop you. He goes there's no way to stop me. And so he pulls the gun up. I, I mean, how like th- this is a computer that destroyed. How many people in China when they when they blew, when they blew it up? It destroyed two stealth bombers, but all you got to do is basically destroy the laptop and it and doesn't work anymore. Yeah, like so so you could like you could be using it, but if you unplug it by accident, everything goes down. No, it's just like I, I don't know. It was so stupid. <laughs> Again, you're not going to have a guy like that like do anything because he's not he doesn't have any military background, so you weren't going to get anything like that. But it just could have been something else. But the fact I, that he just goes, I know. it's a perfect Seagal kind of thing. Like, I don't understand technology. <laughs> and he just shoots the guy through the computer. He f- falls off the train. Yes. And then, so this is what's kind of confusing because we see Jonathan Davies, the guy from Beverly Hills Cop, he's, he's watching this. So he dies, right? I, I, yeah, I thought so. Because they show the train and they show him sort of like like cower a little bit or right, even like right. he laughs about it or something but this is cool the miniatures in this scene was pretty cool because it looked legit yes, like a train was crumbling and it then did. you get and then you get to go running for again oh, as, oh, oh, hold on hold on i wrote this down it was a slow jog oh there was there wasn't a lot of intense like i mean you know what's about to happen with the trains you should be running a little faster and harder than that and yeah. why even bother running? You open every window and, and door. Why you just can't sneak out of one of them? <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, the fact that he had to jump out like that. And then that's where I thought, because I forgot about that. They got all the other people off. I'm like, where the hell is everybody? They're celebrating on this helicopter and they're putting the gun to the, heli- uh, the, the, you know, the helicopter pilot's head. And I'm like, why are they excited right now? Really? Well, they, they uh, I don't know. I think it would have been cool if Seagal died on the train as a hero. Whoa. And then she visits both her, bro- her father and Seagal at the at Ooh. the cemetery. I was really expecting some, some Superman abilities. Like, you know, Seagal was going to channel his inner Superman and, like, stop the train or something. I was really expecting something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know why it just seemed Wait, like you thought he was going to physically like hold the train back. Yeah, I know. The, the rock did that in, in that skyscraper movie. He held the bridge up. 
by himself. Did he, no, did he really? <laughs> oh man, the bridge is like collapsing, and he's like holding it. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, so then we kind of Andrew mentioned it. We were talking about it a little bit before, but we didn't spoil it. So Travis, spoil it. Well, it's like a spoiler. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like any horror movie. The bad guy, he wasn't dead. But how did he get there? If he got shot off the train, how did he get shot off the train? Get shot in the chest. Not even if he didn't get, even if he just caught, got tossed off the train, how did he get that far back that quick? And he doesn't look like a guy that's in, like in shape no. to handle that. Like, you know, like, so like, yeah, I, that, yeah. But I'm glad, I'm glad he did though, because how he eventually leaves the train, I do like. I did like that. That was cool. He's holding that on. Was really and cool. The way this, the door slammed, and it was just like Vienna sausages. That was all that was left. And he falls out into the flames. Again, these doors, I, I, I would think they would be very hard to open when, uh, you know, like, look, think about like, you know, when they open an airplane or whatever, like it's very difficult to move. Like a, a, try a car. It's not easy to mo- open a door in a car when it's moving, you know, like a train. Like I just, you know, I don't know. Sli- sliding doors at my parents' house. That's harder than <laughs> what it seems to get off a train, on a train, a uh, helicopter door. It shouldn't be that way. Those yeah. doors get stuck. You don't think these things, these big metal doors. Oh, and, uh, and do you think you could, you could shut it that hard? No way. <laughs> no. Uh, and then the movie ends. It's Sarah and Seagal looking at the tombstone, which the tombstone doesn't have a born date. It just has the day he died. Well, they ran out. They, the budget ran out, so they didn't have enough time to to fix it. So that's all they yeah. can do. They're like, "Hey, Giuseppe, what do you want?" It's like they only have the money for the, the death day. It's like, oh, okay. And then the movie, the song that plays to end a movie like this, did not fit for a cemetery. No, and it, the movie just ended. Like, it, it, I feel like it was like a very like the the, the you had the big climax in the movie. The the guy's fingertips are still on the train. They quickly go to the cemetery. They're looking at the grave, the, the tombstone, and then it's out over. Like yeah. it was like a quick like done. Like I expected something. I no, it was all over. What'd you want? Weird. Did you want Travis still alive? Well, where's where's uh Bobby? Oh, uh, Bobby said he was. He said Uncle Casey. Can I? <laughs> But okay, but I I don't know. Maybe like you know, I it just saw, I just feel like it just ended. Like, did, did they even talk at the cemetery? Was there, there was any no break? dialogue? There was nothing. Nothing, right? What I mean, like it was like you had this huge action scene, then you quickly pan to a cemetery with no dialogue and the movie ends. Yeah. What was the last line uttered at on the train? Well, it was in the helicopter, and I think it's Bobby, and he says. Oh, Uncle Casey. He comes at it like she says, Uncle Casey. And then he repeats the same line. Like, when are we going home or something like that? So that was Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. We'll go with our guest first. Andrew, would you tell people to watch it? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, with a few beers or your uh, other adult beverage of choice, definitely. Ve- highly recommended. It's a 5.45 rating. And on a scale of what? 5.49? Uh, <laughs> 5.25. It breaks the scale. <laughs> Andrew, our action expert. Thank you. Jamie, 
would you recommend this? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's Steven Seagal. I mean, uh, you know, as 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 many problems are with this movie, it's still it's got its great action scenes with Seagal. And, you know, again, this is this was this is probably his last good movie. Well, I shouldn't say good movie is his last movie watchable movie. You know, um, I mean, the first one is so much better than this, um, but you have to watch it. It's a goal. It's, it's his last watchable movie. And uh, it's got a lot, of, a lot of good things about it. A lot of bad things, but a lot of good things. <laughs> yeah, it was like this. Then the Keenan Ivory Wayne's one. That was like the last big budget studio ones. Oh, you had the, you had the Glimmer Man. That was Glimmer Man, right? Glimmer Man was his last big studio one. Yep, and then yep. there was all those other ones with like Michael Caine, the fire, not fire well, down below. Didn't, didn't he make it, what, exit wounds was that with dmx didn't he make one but i don't know if they consider that like big budget i'm sure the budget oh. was big but it was like a main studio that's an awesome movie tom arnold's great in that movie <laughs> well that. you know i think i think but for like a solo like i think at that point he was slowing down a little bit because you could like i think in glimmer man he's definitely a little bigger much bigger than he is here yeah. like he started putting on weight so i think this was like the last seagal movie like last yeah. like he's and then like he needed that help of someone else like keenan ivory waynes or dmx or whatever uh did, did, was he in oh he was also an executive decision right that he well yeah with Kurt Russell it was like the shocker yeah that was like a huge deal in Hollywood that he was gone in 10 minutes yeah <laughs> so yes yeah. I would say you have to watch this movie um it's it's Seagal you know yeah. definitely watch it agreed anything Seagal pretty much like even some of his, like most of the newer ones the straight to DVD or on demand most of them aren't that good. There's a couple of them that are actually decent, but yeah, you got it. And I got it. I, I, how can I work the numbers? But I've Jamie, this is two movies in a row that you recommended dorm days two And this that's, uh, did I recommend dorm days two? You did. Hold you on. Let me think. I got to think about that a second. Did it? No, did I, it's did I really ready. Wait a second. Are you sure? Cause positive. Why did I recommend it? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Why not? There's a ton of, ton of boobs smoking monkeys there was rusty oh, i think i i i, I recommend it for rusty who who interacted yeah. with us on social media he he was on my side and he said it's monkey bones well i hope you're not comparing dorm days two to this i mean no. like you know like i would say yeah this movie is, again i'm a seagal fan you know this this, this is good this is a you know steven seagal it's like speed two no, 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 no. This is better than Speed 2. But anyway, so that was uh, Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Now we go back to a comedy. I think it's another two. And this is going to be a fun one. Uh, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay, which from what I remember is a hilarious movie. Some oh, yeah. things might be uncomfortable now. Like Rob Corddry's character is really funny when I remember watching it. It might be different. I'm sure I'm still going to laugh. But and we interviewed a, a man that he's more than a comedian. He's an actor, John Reap, who when Jamie got him, I'm like, dude, I love this guy in Last Comic Standing. He won the fifth season of that. Great stories from his friendship that he forged with Doug Benson, one of my favorite comedians. And he was that thing got a Hemi guy for all those Dodge commercials in the mid 2000s. He was great. And he has an amazing podcast that I'll put in the episode notes. It's called Country Ish Podcast, but yes, yeah, so you have that to look forward to. Harold and Kumar. I've too. never seen any of the Harold and Kumars. Oh, dude, you'll love them. Great. I mean, I might have seen the White Castle one or parts of it, but I mean, uh, you know, is it better than Dorm Days? 
Oh, dude, this movie's great. Great cameos throughout it. Good cast. So, yeah, so uh, you have that to look forward to. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night.